0: Creatures of the night, Uh, this is Alex Dorio here with a special bonus edition of Talking Taker here. Uh, I am not joined as usual by my tag team partner, Mr. Travis White, uh, but instead we're going to be doing a bit of a scholarly look at uh, one of the Undertaker's greatest rivalries here uh, with one of our fans, one of our followers, one of our listeners, and someone who has a great deal of insight to give us on... What I think most fans consider, and what we've heard The Undertaker in uh, recent weeks, you know, he's he's put it on the record and said this is his favorite series of matches that he's done throughout his entire career, the WrestleMania uh, four-match series, two with Shawn Michaels and two with Triple H. So we're about to dig into that here uh, through our exploration of matches here on Talking Taker. And so we're going to be talking to someone you've heard us mention on the show uh, with some of his comments on the show at saint ridley dr saint ridley santos uh but we're going to hear from him as spencer here on the show yeah. so spencer saint ridley thank you for we're not k this anymore yeah <laughs> we're breaking down the fourth wall
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 set aside the academic titles and stuff
0: <laughs> well thank you for joining me
1: of course, it's it's a pleasure. You, I've listened to every episode, and y'all are the one of the only podcasts I still do that with. Just because I, one, I've been a fan of the Undertaker for way too long, <laughs> and two, uh, I don't, I don't have a lot of time to listen to podcasts, so this one's a good one to set aside that time for.
0: Well, that's an honor. I appreciate that, and you know, we've got. Uh, when we started this journey, uh, I guess, you know, we knew it would be a lot of matches and I uh, just kind of <laughs> underestimated just how long it would be. But, you know, it's been great to have people like you that have been committed to it the whole time. But, yeah, why don't you tell me and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and, like, you know, how long have you been a wrestling fan? Uh, what drew you into professional wrestling? Yeah,
1: so, so I, I I'm 31 years old. And the first wrestling show I went to, I was in the womb. <laughs> so, I I've been a fa- I I was raised as a wrestling fan. My parents tell me stories of uh, going. We I was born in Worcester, Massachusetts, and we uh, uh, would go to shows uh, in Springfield or in Boston. And uh, my parents tell me I must have been like two at the most, but, like, just getting super excited because we saw Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty from across the street heading into the arena. And Shawn was... my, My very first favorite was Randy Savage, then Shawn Michaels. And then immediately upon his debut, I just immediately... His aesthetic, everything about the character just clicked for me. And I was what was that November '90, so I was I had just turned two.
0: Wow, you remember Ultimate,
1: that? Ultimate Warrior terrified me. <laughs> Undertaker, I was like, I like this guy. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, uh, I watched wrestling uh, pretty pretty much uh, religiously as a as a young fan does uh, through the Attitude Era. Um, into Ruthless Aggression. There, there was a lot of points where I was starting to kind of feel like Ruthless Aggression era was getting very uh, punching up on the tastelessness more than the Attitude Era in ways that I yeah. did not like, um, but which appealed to the edgy teen phase side of me. Um, and then uh, the Benoit family tragedy happened right as I was gearing off to start college and between busyness and that really souring things. I was like, I, I need to, I need to set this aside for a bit. Yeah. So Uh,
0: very similar stories to to Travis and I, you know, we're we're just a couple years older than you, but kind of the same touch points. And uh, obviously, you know, we've talked on the show about the, the Benoit stuff, you know, you know taking us out of our our interests for a while as well so what drew you back in after that
1: uh so i i was out of wrestling other than just periodically keeping up with uh what the streak was was at um until 2015 okay oh uh, i was uh in the middle of my phd one of my friends uh uh, knew that I had, uh, I used to watch wrestling, and he invited me over, I think, to watch uh, SummerSlam. Okay. Um, and, like, so I went over to his place, uh, like, the week before, and he kind of caught me up on some things. He showed me a little bit of, uh, like, Battleground. He showed me some stuff from, uh, you know, about NXT, Um. Before Summerslam started, he showed me the uh, Sasha Bailey and the uh, Balor uh, Owens match from Brooklyn. Yeah, and I dug Finn Balor immediately. But what really cemented me uh, sticking around again was, wow, they're they're like they're doing women's wrestling not dirty anymore, <laughs> um, and and that refueled my interest and. In, so the, the majority of the shows I've been to and since 2015 have been Shimmer shows. I've mm-hmm. been I've been going to Chicago every Shimmer show uh, that I can since 2018.
0: No, that was a game changer. You know, with, uh, you know, it, you know, obviously the women's revolution or whatever, it gets, yeah, it, it gets blown out of proportion and some sort of stuff. But I mean, those NXT, those early days. Uh, like you said, Bailey, Sasha, yeah. Charlotte. I mean, some of those matches were yeah. just like you know. Yeah,
1: it's it's to the like. Oscar is Oscar is what really kind of cemented. One hundred percent. I'm I'm sticking around if nothing else, just to watch her. She's incredible. Yeah, she's absolutely fantastic at everything she does. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, I guess you missed a wide gap of stuff. Did you I did. go back and rewatch it, or did you? Uh, what What I, made you want to see these matches in particular?
1: So I went back and I I rewatched the streak matches specifically. Um, I've wa- I went back and I watched every Royal Rumble match. Uh, my my friend Chris and I we uh, started a podcast. We've been on hiatus, due to... Many life circumstance issues. Uh, you've talked about Heel Town mm-hmm. uh, yep, back in the it. early days, and uh, our our project is was to go through uh, every significant American pay per view, <laughs> which uh, is still stupidly ambitious. <laughs> um, we our last episode we actually did record was WrestleMania three. I don't know if we ever actually published that one yet. Um, but yeah, that's uh, we're we want to do it. We just life needs to align right for us to be able to continue recording. Of course. Um, but yeah, I've been I've gone back and watched things out of order from there. I went through and I watched all the streak matches again just to kind of refresh on that, um, see if my feelings on uh, Brock Lesnar breaking the streak changed after watching them all in order. Um, I think uh, I still don't know if it necessarily had to be Brock, but that's that's neither here nor there.
0: No, yeah, it's, there's there's pros and cons to it, I think, and you know we'll we'll definitely debate that into the future. Yeah. Um, but so you reached out to us uh, a while back, and you told me. Uh, that you had taught about this match and this series of matches in a class before. So yeah, a few ha- times where did the now. idea for that come from and, and what type of class were you teaching it in? So,
1: so I just finished up um, and uh, I don't have a new uh, position lined up at the moment, but I, I just finished up teaching uh, my last semester here at the University of Iowa. I've been teaching here for seven years, and we've I've taught uh, general ed, general education type uh, literature survey courses. I've had the chance to teach a couple courses for uh, um, English majors. Uh, one course was on uh, medieval and modern monsters. Okay. Um, for the Jenna, I did not teach this series in the. Uh, in the course on monsters i i paired that down to just two matches and one of them was brock lesnar versus hulk hogan nice um but for the uh gen ed courses i did teach this series of matches because i thought this one of one of the things i wanted to do was uh show the students that okay so these skills that i've been trying to work with on uh interpreting a story, understanding the components of a story, how a story narratively progresses and what, what that does to our imaginations, how that works with, uh, emotional response. You can do this to other forms of theater, TV shows, music, uh, even pro wrestling. And, so uh, they're, they're always very dubious about this. Um, <laughs> And I, I picked these four matches because immediately upon watching the streak in order, I saw this four-match chunk here is, uh, Undertaker said it just uh, in episode three of The Last Drive, but these matches, it's not controversial to say. These tell a complete self-contained story. Um, and the way that the characters move, change, evolve over the course of this story. The way that things are set up from one match to the next is really, really uh, interesting.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think one of the beauties of it is you not only, is it this four year journey and you know, you can even go back a couple years before that with the, with the Royal oh, yeah. Rumble stuff in there as well, mm-hmm. but you've got all the history from 1997 and 1998 yeah. playing into things.
1: Oh and yeah. Really got-
0: their entire careers. I mean, both these guys mm-hmm. as the cornerstones of WWE, you know, Sean was gone for four years due to injury, but, but neither guy had ever left. They they've been WWE guys forever. and, you know, they've yeah. had that interaction, but they've also been, you know, on separate sides, too. And they haven't mm-hmm. overdone these matches with each other. It's not a right. match we've seen a million times.
1: Yeah, I, I would say that the specific story we, we're we looking at here really begins at WrestleMania 24, not with the Undertaker's match. That mat, The match with Edge is great, but it has no bearing whatsoever on this, but with Shawn retiring Flair.
0: Yeah, so explain uh, how that plays into things.
1: So, for, for one thing, there's the obvious uh, parallels. Two years later, Sean retires. You have the... Uh, but, but the key thing about the uh, Sean-Flair match, um, not even narratively speaking, but stylistically, that kicks this whole thing off is that moment at the end. Flair, sweaty, bloody, telling Sean, bring it. And Sean saying, I'm sorry, I love you and then finishing it. That's the, I I think that's kind of a major point of really opening up the theatrical element of wrestling more than it usually had been. And that sets the tone for what we're going to see here, because we have a, an arc with these matches. They get more and more brutal as they go. Mm -hmm. They become less and less flashy moves Mm-hmm. as they go across, and they become more and more over-the-top theatrical as they occur, too. The and, and we'll get into this when we get into the individual matches. Um, but by the end of 28, with that Hell in a Cell match, and you see the the real um, bulk of the uh, storytelling is not told via the moves in the match, but by the facial reactions of Shawn Michaels as referee there's a really solid argument to be made that these four matches, the main character is not the undertaker, but Shawn Michaels.
0: I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause that's something that, uh, you know, I noticed as well. I, yeah, I, I love the idea of him as the main character. I hadn't really thought of that, but when you talk about his facial expressions, you know, it, he's always been great at that, but you really mm. see it come into focus during these matches and his, his acting in it, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Shawn Michaels has tried to act in other things, but he's never the actor that he is in a professional wrestling. Wrestling acting. Yes.
1: yes. (laughs) And this is wrestling acting at its finest.
0: It absolutely is. Yes. So, Um, um, this WrestleMania 25 match, you know, it kind of really kicks into gear, uh, really, the storyline about uh, right after the uh, February pay per view, the No Way Out mm-hmm. pay per view, and Shawn Michaels challenges the Undertaker. He beats Kozlov, he beats JBL to earn his spot into this match, and then they really kick into high gear. This whole yeah. heaven and hell storyline,
1: right? And and the fun the fun part about this is uh, when I when I teach these classes, the the easy way to uh, you know show people that wrestling's about storytelling is good guy, bad guy, face, heel, good, evil. And this match plays really nicely off the visual cues of that.
0: Right. But it
1: doesn't do that. Right. <laughs> this match doesn't have a good guy or a bad guy. This yeah. is Shades of Grey. Um, Sean is play- playing up the visuals of the good guy, but it's all in mockery of The Undertaker. Yep. um and coming coming back to this also sean's coming off the previous storyline where he's finally won his freedom from jbl which was a stupid storyline yes. but it works well considering what his trajectory from beating rick flair was he beats rick flair he retires rick flair batista's upset about that and wants to avenge rick flair Chris Jericho involvement, the slamming Sean's face into the obscenely expensive Jeritron five thousand. <laughs> um, SummerSlam. Sean announces his retirement.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Key key thing there. Sean announces his retirement, his he gets dragged back into things, though. He he can't let it sit because Jericho goads him into it. So Sean we're we're looking at more than a year and a half out, Sean has this retirement thing planted for us.
0: Yeah,
1: and so he finishes the feud with uh, with Jericho, and from there, um, right he he has um, the whole JBL storyline. Yeah. So he's yeah. he's he's put to rest the guy who goaded him out of his attempt at retirement and suddenly financial tragedy I need money I can't stay retired I, I can't just go back and be like I'm retired I'm I'm JBL's whipping boy finally wins his freedom and he's like okay I, I still need to make money <laughs> <laughs> I'm still the best there is what's the best way to make a lot of money at a big show beat the undertaker at wrestlemania right that's gonna have the biggest winner's purse it's gonna be a spectacular performance and you know Shawn michaels is all about the spectacular performance so you have this kind of built-in logic that leads directly to well of course challenging the streak is the perfect thing for sean to do
0: and it's the one thing he's never done i mean it, yeah. he's held every title he, he he's he's mr wrestlemania he's main event he's he's done it all but that's the one thing he and nobody else has ever done and he's cocky enough to think that he can pull it off
1: oh yeah and and he's and so the heaven here is it's twofold obviously there's the play on the good and evil but he's also trying to have that everlasting glory kind of um thing uh, if he beats The Undertaker at WrestleMania, that's the everlasting glory, that's the heaven, that's also the heaven of financial security. <laughs> um, because I'm not gonna let us forget that that storyline immediately precedes this. No, I like that um, you're
0: bringing it into it.
1: And it, and it sets this, uh, it sets Sean up at between his size compared to The Undertaker. Uh, it's, it all sets him up really perfectly as the underdog. As if to say that, again, we're going to make this look like Sean is the good guy to the, to the Undertaker's bad guy, to the uneducated eye. Um, at, a, at a very face value way of looking at this, Sean's coming out in white, Undertaker's coming out in black, descending from the heavens, rising from uh, the depths, key thing undertaker is not rising up from flames though Mm
0: -hmm. the
1: flames only come later in the entrance right so he's not rising from the inferno and the undertaker it's not christ versus satan it's an ambitious young hero not young anymore (laughs) but a hero facing the inevitability of death
0: yeah yeah and you know you talk about shades of gray um and how Shawn Michaels, he is the light. But if you watch the buildup to it, he's, if anyone acts heelish, it's him. You know, he's the exactly. one. He sneak attacks Undertaker so many more times <laughs> and he gets the upper hand. And, and he
1: does it the same way the next year too. Like yeah, that, that yeah. super kick on the ramp in the, in the in the video package. He gets another one off the next year's video package. And it's just like, all right. We're 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 going that level of the, these callbacks
0: here. Mm-hmm. So um,
1: right. Sean's the one who uh, feigns an injury uh, very early in the match with his leg, and that comes back through the entire course of these four matches in a way. Um, and anyway, we'll get to that, but sh- so there's, there's and that's something no... he did
0: too. Was that with Batista or or one of those matches?
1: Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. He he. Faked out an injury on Batista in one of his uh, post-flare matches. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sean, you know he, he play, he's he's playing a little dirty because he he knows that this is the impossible task, and I have to pull out every trick to do it. And depending on your uh, set of uh, cultural expectations about a hero, that's perfectly normal heroing to do. Um, in, in different cultures. I, I like to think of Sean here as almost like Bail fighting the dragon. Um, knowing that this is a tall order. He's kind of getting up there in years at this stage. but you know you've got to do everything you can to fight it. and he goes down. He doesn't succeed. he doesn't outright win this. He has a fantastic performance though.
0: Well, um, Travis is going to love a good Beowulf reference. He's a, he's a huge <laughs> Beowulf fan. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, so, yeah. We, why, why don't you walk us through sort of this WrestleMania 25 match, um, yeah. kind of the way you would uh, through through the class and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. How are so, you going to start it?
1: So, there, and there's a lot that I can do here that I can't do in a classroom because I'm just trying to get them to buy in. Sure. <laughs> a lot. And... Uh, Work through just uh, the narrative beats of, okay, so you can see how, you know, the things they do early in the match affect things later, that sort of thing. Um, kind of often clarifying the, you know, how much is real, how much is fake, how much is planned, how much is improvised kind of thing. Um, but right away during the entrances, um, we have Michael Cole attempting really valiantly but poorly to explain uh what the general theme of this match is um a, about these two characters he talks about how they have different personalities different ways of living uh it's, it, it's just the stupidest sounding thing uh, in the end he says but they have one similarity they're both winners and this gets me back to my uh, beowulf comparison because uh he's he's trying to get at what's happening in Beowulf too is Beowulf is a hero the monsters grendel grendel's mother and the dragon are all monsters but the way that the old english is written there are words that are used to describe both of them mm. both the hero and the monsters that are the same wow. and what's happening here is michael cole is he's he's overstating the differences but the key thing to take away is these two are a lot more alike than they than than you might think. Yes. They're both monsters of, of performers, um, and the the uh, Shawn is just as monstrous a performer in terms of his incredible wealth of skill uh, as the Undertaker is. So. And, and you look at this, there's there's no clear hero. The look at the signs and the, hear the crowd reactions. The Undertaker is just as uh, beloved. Um, this match itself, I, I don't think we need to go into too much detail on this part. Y'all will cover when you get there uh, in your next regular episode, the, the play-by-play of this match. Because the play-by-play of this match doesn't really matter for the big story. Yeah. what matters about this match is that it's it's a slow it's a it's a steady upward climb of of rising tension they start off kind of slow feeling each other out they build to okay now we got a high spot a little bit more now another high spot the big dive to the outside which terrifying
0: oh my goodness yeah uh,
1: undertaker landing. Straight on his head is absolutely horrible. You can see the dent in the mat on the outside. And Marty Elias even said on Talk Is Jericho that Undertaker told him to shoot, count him out if he couldn't make it back in before the match.
0: I remember watching it live. I I think Travis and I both we thought Undertaker broke his neck, and I was so afraid. Not only that he'd broken his neck, but he was going to lose the streak off a count out cuz he couldn't right. get back.
1: <laughs> and and the fact that he told Marty Elias to shoot count him out yeah. if if he couldn't make it into the ring means we very well could have had the streak end on a count out here and we would never have gotten the rest of this story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which which, you know, tells us a bit about the fragility of story of of a story and the and how wrestling, due to its physical nature, um, it's it's really unpredictable. No matter how much you plan it out.
0: Yeah, and it, um, we, we can get into that as we go along through this. But I think every one of these four matches, for different yeah. reasons, could have never happened. You know, for various right. injuries, and we'll talk about that as we go on.
1: Yeah. So, so we have this, that that moment obviously changes the flow and the pace of the match significantly because I don't think anyone quite expected Undertaker to be down for that long. Yeah. Uh, they, they did as much of a stall as they could before they got to the count-out part. Um, I mean, there's also just uh, the, the lovely callback there to the fact that Shawn Michaels hates referees and hates camera people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, he the the very the last time they the, you know the the last incredible match they had together was Hell in a Cell and yes. they he Sean did the that
0: cameraman in that yeah. yeah great point great point
1: for against Undertaker's dive Undertaker dives at Sean Sean pulls a cameraman in the way <laughs> it's just a it's a rule
0: I hadn't thought of that yeah that's perfect
1: um but so you get to. Oh, here's the last ride. Oh, false, false start on the Sweet Chin Music hits the Sweet Chin Music, you know, hits the first tombstone, and Sean kicks out of the tombstone. Great visual, you know, kind of close up of Taker, not quite believing it. Sean fights, you know, keeps fighting. It's that moonsault at the end. It's uh, it's not a moment of Undertaker out performing per se. It's a Take her out wrestling, Sean. Sean yes. gets a little cocky there. He gets a little. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go for something a little spectacular here, and he gets caught with his pants down on it. He gets tombstoned out of it, and he loses. Uh, so when he talks uh, in the build to twenty six, I wrestled nearly a perfect match. It's it's him kicking himself for that. Oh, I. I shouldn't have gone for that moonsault then because it was hit with a counter and that plays ultimately that, that counter is paid off in 27. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll, we'll get there once we get through 26, but this, uh, this interesting case of counter counter wrestling at the end, um, We have here a... Ultimately, this match is rooted in The Athletics. This is a match about The Athletics. It's a match about the will of competition. It's... uh, You you could say that... uh, You can say that there's a theme of Heaven versus Hell. That's, you know, what they sold it as. You can say that this is, uh, you know, two guys who aren't... uh, as a as a thesis of analysis for this match i would say that the the real core of this is that these two are both po- trying to put on the greatest performance possible both in and out of character and that this is about them matching each other being mirrors to each other uh monster hero being the being the same stuff and that that counter moment is kind of the key final cementing point of it, because ultimately it's about them both wrestling each other to a finish, and they're pretty much equal.
0: Yeah, and there's no chair spots. There's no table spots. There's Mm -hmm. no ref I mean, the ref gets shoved out of the way, but there's no, like, the ref's out cold for a while. It, It is out of any of these is the most of a pure wrestling match. Uh, And I like how you talk about it evolving throughout these four years, all the way up into hell in a cell, the most brutal match in WWE's terms.
1: Yeah. Um, And and so we, we look at this and we say, okay, they've had a great match. It's fantastic. WrestleMania. Cool. Wonder what they'll do next year. And there's no indication that this is going to grow into something new. Right. That that WrestleMania, because uh, Drew McIntyre's talked about uh, how he was uh, originally pitched to be Taker's opponent for WrestleMania twenty six.
0: Right, how different things would have been for him. Had that we would happen. not.
1: Yeah, this this whole thing wouldn't have been a thing.
0: No, no. So, so. the correct me if I'm wrong. The build really starts like at the uh, Slammy Awards. Or is there anything else? Right I, I think
1: that? that's correct.
0: Yeah.
1: Because um, Undertaker has, it's a weird 2010 for The Undertaker.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs>
1: uh, I think that they have that whole uh, vegetative state thing with Kane and Rey Mysterio involved. Or is yeah. that is that 2010? That's
0: 2010. So 2009, okay. he's he's with CM okay. Punk for a while. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah, I think it's at the Slammies They win match of the year. Sean and yeah. Undertaker, and Sean accepts the award, and that's where yeah. he, yeah, decides to he wants. To I, I want to give it another go. Okay, yeah, <laughs>
1: I, I want to try again. Yeah, I I think I, I it's it's like Dana Brooke versus Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I figured out the trick. You're a slow starter, Undertaker.
0: Yep,
1: <laughs> armbar three seconds in, <laughs> Sean loses. <laughs> that would have been a twist.
0: I think that's the only time Shawn Michaels has ever been compared to Dana Brooke, but.
1: <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, uh, and Taker is—he's he not, yeah. he's, he's not interested. Yeah, he's, he's—he's not interested. He's—he's looking for you know the streak matches for the Undertaker. I think uh, to a degree, as a character. He's he's not looking to have repeats just to have repeats. Yeah. I think the character is looking for um something new. Uh, he, he defeated and, and it, Sean.
0: What does it do for him to defeat him right. again? How does that add to his legacy? Yeah.
1: Right. You know, I'll I'll do it if you put your career on the line. Yeah. You know, if if you retire after I beat you again and Sean, you know, beautifully says you know they that uh you know if if i can't beat you i have no career yeah and uh
0: i mean you talk about sean's acting the royal rumble 2010 where uh, sean's yeah. trying to win that so he can get that match with undertaker because undertaker was the uh champion uh at that point yeah. and as he sean just just hanging on by one hand and, and falls out of that rumble yeah it's just like in tears Him. as he falls out
1: attacking people afterwards Mm -hmm. just the obsession that sean develops about this because he's been told no because he's been you know okay i'm gonna go for the obvious routes to get it undertaker's world champion i'll win the royal rumble
0: yep
1: undertaker's world champion and i didn't win the royal rumble uh then i'll hide in the chamber and i'll cost him the title so he has to yep He's, he's not obligated to a title defense and I can you know he can have a personal issue with me um, when, I, when I teach these I try to I grab all of the uh, pretext materials you know all the promos related to the build up of the match um, and I put them into my course management site um, to have the students watch those then watch the match um, so they get kind of the the full arc of the buildup yeah, um because seeing Sean's obsession is very different from reading Sean had an obsession,
0: sure, yeah,
1: um it's it's the same as with any book. You can read the, you know the spark notes, but you don't get any of the depth of it.
0: no, you don't. And you know, they always produce those great video packages before the matches and. That's if if you can't see anything else, that's a pretty good you know. Oh yeah, those are
1: those are fantastically well done. But
0: yeah, if you can watch all of it, it, it adds even more layers to it. Right. So take us yeah. into yeah, and so this match yeah take us into that.
1: So this match is obviously it's streak versus career. That's that's the theme of it, um, and this is the one that I think really begins to introduce um, what the overall arc and purpose of these four matches is, which is, um, there's a, there's a great, uh, there's a first Corinthians, uh, chapter 15, verse 26, last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. That's the King James version. Um, death is inevitable. Mm. Can death be conquered? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: No, we can't (laughs) conquer death. We're, we're mortals. Right. But The Undertaker isn't, and this is the thing about this match, is The Undertaker isn't death. He's an avatar for death in the world of wrestling. And he might be beatable. Hmm. And this match really goes a long way toward humanizing the character of The Undertaker. And, And the rest of these matches do as well. But this one makes it very clear that that's what's happening we, we talk about uh, Sean—I'll talk about entrances in a moment, but just at the beginning of the match, uh, Sean feigned the leg injury toward the beginning of the previous year's match. Taker, old school, the leg gives out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not a minute into the match.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So now we've reversed that. We've introduced—oh, oh, the Undertaker is selling— almost this entire match that he can barely walk.
0: And the Undertaker, you know, he's I think he's underrated for his selling, too. Like yeah. he's he's he tells a great story when you see him do that.
1: Yeah. So The Undertaker get like this this match is it's Taker selling on the run for the entire match.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And what's going on here that's really fascinating is it's not just the selling that adds a human dimension to him. Um, and, and we'll get to there. Um, so, you know, we have this, uh, it's a reflection, Sean, you know, kind of, you have a interesting three-year story, Sean versus Flair, mm-hmm. Sean versus Taker, Sean versus Taker, career-ending match, career-ending match as book ends here.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and you notice the uh, the way that their entrances are different this year. Sean is without all the pomp and circumstance. He's he's stripped it down to, I'm not going to do the whole white special entrance. I'm just going to come out. I'm going to... He's, he's very calm about it. He says his prayer at the top of the ramp. Yep. He heads to the ring. He waits. There's minimal showboating. There's minimal mockery of death in this. Undertaker on the other hand has a somewhat more spectacular entrance. You have that cool laser light summoning circle effect. Um, And he also usually you see Undertaker, you know, some visual cue, some movement he does to summon the fire. The fire simply appears as he's making his way down the ramp. And so Sean here is just a man facing down his own death in a
0: way. And this is also, we talked about, you know, matches that we, we might not have seen, but this is a month after Undertaker had been burned at the elimination chamber. Pay-per-view suffered those severe burns too. So I remember at the time thinking, is he even going to be able to make it through this match You talk about his humanity uh, being on display in this, you've got that in the back of your mind as well.
1: Right? Yeah. Um, so, and this match, you know it's it's a lot like the previous match i actually like this one a little better than 25
0: yeah a lot of people i think people are divided um, i think it's 50-50 I, from what i, hate I for think i think
1: in terms of purely wrestling 25 wins as a purely wrestling story
0: mm-hmm.
1: this match with the little little uptick to the drama to the to the actual play acting aspect of things i think it it appeals a little more to my sensibility.
0: Yeah. So how do we see through this, this 26 match, how do we see the connections to the 25 match? What are some of the things that come okay. into play?
1: So we have uh, obvious, for instance, the uh, we have a reversal on who does the uh, leg selling. The fact that for Sean, it was a fake out to try and hit The Undertaker mm-hmm. off guard. Here, The Undertaker is now in. This match is uh, no DQ. So we have that little escalation of brutality. They don't bring out chairs or anything though. Yeah. They they the it's it's a playoff of, you know, we had that scary moment of the Undertaker almost getting counted out and Sean's like, I don't wanna win and beat the Streak that way. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're gonna have no DQ. Don't don't count us out, just let us do what we do. Um, and so you, that builds up, uh, instead of Undertaker doing the big dive, we got a cutoff of a, of a dive. Sean cuts Taker off in this match so Taker doesn't have to take that dive again.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but instead we got Sean moonsaulting off the <laughs> off the uh, turnbuckle through the table on Taker's legs. and And the fact that he hits Taker's legs just really kind of adds to that moment you you might think oh man he he kind of whiffed his positioning but no he's he's playing off the whole leg thing oh that yeah this no, that's
0: on purpose match
1: is about yeah absolutely. um the pace of the way this match starts off pace wise we saw previously they they felt each other out <laughs> that was last year's match they felt each other out and now takers just boom on him He's like, you know, I do not want to deal with this and I will not deal with this. I'm going to just put you down. And then, boom, the leg. Um, so we get this, uh, pl- almost this frustration from The Undertaker, both at his physical issue through the match, but also at the very idea that Sean has the temerity to challenge him twice in a row.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Like, I could have wrestled someone new (laughs) and instead i have to put you down i am not wasting my time i am not wasting you know any more energy than is necessary on this
0: yeah you you can Uh see that across his face throughout the match yeah
1: and so sean you, you get glimpses of sean you know he he's you know he's all business here but he pulls off a little bit of the showboating he pulls off a little bit of the uh um the the same kind of uh stuff as he had he he does some interesting uh things the previous year he put taker in his version of the figure four which i for the life of me have never been able to figure out why sean does that yeah weird kind of i'm a put the legs on wrong for the figure four. Yep. Um, this year he does flares figure four. He does an ankle lock. He does an X factor to counter out of the last <laughs> ride. Like he's, he's honoring his
0: friends. Yeah. He's going back through the years. Through this match. Yeah.
1: Um, there's he's, there's going for submissions throughout this match and it's, it doesn't work in the moment. Right, to see Sean put Taker in the figure four and think, Oh, Taker might submit here because no, that's that's not on anyone's radar here. Um, it does pay homage to Flair and the fact that Sean beat Flair. It plays on the leg of course, but as a spot where you're thinking, Oh, this this isn't this isn't gonna be a finish. Something's going to happen here.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, it, it kind of you can see the crowd kind of die down a little at that moment because they they aren't concerned for the Undertaker.
0: Yeah.
1: But we're we're building still exactly. toward towards the bigger picture of exactly. these four matches. Um, so we get Sean trying to, uh, you know, even even the way he counters Hell's Gate. Which I think uh, they they call out. Is this the first time someone's countered Hell's Gate? <laughs> yeah. It's it's Hart Austin '96 Survivor mm-hmm. Series.
0: Mm-hmm. One it's of my that. favorite finishes of all time.
1: Yeah. Um. It's, it's uh, and I've I've loved I've loved the way that uh, that spot has been reused yes, through the years. Me too. Uh, Ember Moon doing it to Shayna Baszler in their first takeover match was fantastic.
0: Yeah, it um, always works.
1: So, so the goal here is of course, Sean we're trying to because we don't want Sean to go. If if there's a if one of them is playing good guy or bad guy here, in some ways Taker is the subtle heel right, here, I agree. simply because we want Sean to keep wrestling. Yes. Um so the whole purpose of this match and Undertaker's selling especially is we we wanna believe because stories tell us this that death can be conquered. You can you can you can cheat death, you can go on and keep doing what it is you do. But as other stories tell us, and as human experience tells us, you can't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Um, so it, it, the moonsault really, the moonsault through the table. That's the point I think where we truly do get to, oh, maybe, maybe this could be it. Maybe this could be the end of the streak. Maybe Sean might do it.
0: Yeah. You Um, know, I think that's an interesting part of all four of these matches is, you know, for me at least... When I was watching them live, I never, before the match started, if you asked me, I'd say, okay, Undertaker's winning. It's 100%. They're not going to have Shawn Michaels or Triple H break the streak. You know, it doesn't do anything for those guys. A retirement
1: match, a streak versus retirement match, obviously, the retirement's going to happen. Exactly. But...
0: And yet, in each one of these four matches, they are able to make you suspend that disbelief uh, at least at mm-hmm. one moment in each match, at least in one near fall where you think, well, maybe <laughs> I don't know yeah. I don't
1: know, yeah, so and and you you can see even uh, again, we get another the tombstone kick out, and the undertaker, it's not disbelief this time. Mm-hmm. last time his head's resting on Sean's hip, and he, he you get that beautiful, stunned face. yes, this time he he almost it's it's not quite a you know captain charisma temper tantrum. <laughs> But he is pissed. Yeah, yeah, That this did not work. This is the second tombstone of the match. The first one happened fairly early on, outside the ring. Come on. Right. No. <laughs> Undert- <laughs> Undertaker doesn't do that. No, in he doesn't. Matches. So again, further humanization. Um, it, it makes us. It, it makes us realize Undertaker, the character is invested in this. Yes. And not in terms of putting on a great match or even in terms of keeping the streak alive, but he wants to beat Sean. He is invested. He's invested some portion of his being in, I have to win
0: this. Yes.
1: Which is a very human thing. Uh, It's not, he's not death the dispassionate. He's Mark Calloway, Death's chosen, in in a way.
0: Yeah, and he's been um, challenged in a way that he never has been before, and
1: and yeah, and 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 it's because he's 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 not simply doing the inevitable. He's he's doing what he feels he has to do, and as Sean is struggling toward his feet taker goes for the you know he signals the throat slash for the final tombstone but he stops himself and he looks at sean and you kind of get that little shrug from the undertaker you know telling sean stay down Mm -hmm. which will come back the next two matches
0: yep yep
1: um but you know he's 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 not a dispassionate he's not even just an executioner now he's he's just a man who's wondering why what is what is what is making you want to keep going and then and this is a course where we up really uptick the 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 theatrical and sean you know clinging to undertaker's pants slash throat slash himself slap the undertaker you get that fantastic you know undertaker (laughs) bug-eyed angry jumping tombstone finish and then he does something that he doesn't really like outside of these matches he doesn't do it again until 33 where he somewhat breaks character a little yes yes He, I don't know what he says to Sean. I I can't read, can't read his lips. Um, and it's not, the audio isn't picked up, but he says something. He shakes Sean's hand, he hugs him and leaves the ring to Sean. You know, obviously this is a, the undertaker, the man versus the undertaker, the persona.
0: Exactly. You know, and it's like you said, it, it never happens. Um, you know, we we saw him pay tribute to Ric Flair when Ric Flair was retired. Another nod, a connection between yeah. these two things. Um, but that's, I mean, outside of that, um, you you could you saw it a little bit during the Biker Taker days when you know when he yeah. shook John Cena's hand and things like that. We're but as far as Jeff
1: Hardy, yes,
0: that sort of stuff. But as far as the, but dead, never man, the dead man, yeah, yeah, it's so powerful.
1: So so yeah, and and you could be forgiven for thinking, all oh, right, man, that was a beautiful two year story. Sure. We're done. What's next? Of course. And, and, uh, it just like when Sean beat flair and Batista's like, I do not like that. You retired my friend. Triple H is like, I do not like that you retired, my friend.
0: No, he does not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am angry at you, Undertaker, and I want to fight you. And we're going to also have a no holds barred match, no DQ, no no count outs.
0: <laughs> and uh, this was another one that it. it don't, I don't think this was the original plan. You know, uh, I think online a lot of us were thinking this would be Undertaker Sting. You know they right, did yeah. those vignettes with the. I the think they shack. were
1: talking to Sting. Yeah, yeah, and whatever their negotiations were fell through. It
0: fell through. It was gonna. It was in Atlanta, so it was like, oh, WCW country. We're gonna see Sting, Undertaker finally. Um, I think there was some plans for Wade Barrett and the Undertaker because that's the Nexus hmm. is who takes out the Undertaker as well. Yeah. Uh, and then, like you said, Triple H steps in and um, you know, Triple H has his haters out there, but man, he this this rivalry in these two matches are incredible as well.
1: Yeah, and the thing about these matches is I, I think as far as these do not come close to touching as far as in-ring, like, wrestling performances yeah. the previous two years. But they're equally compelling. Yes. Even though there really is, like, this one and especially the next one, there's not a lot of wrestling about them. These are just knockdown, down drag-out, street-fight brawls. Yeah. With no... Res- there's no connection between what they're doing in these two matches and you know, says in the fifties, <laughs> you know, Shawn Michaels and Taker just the previous two years far more resembles a Luthez match.
0: Yeah, it does, and which know,
1: and it doesn't. Res- neither of those matches resemble a Luthez match in the slightest.
0: Right, uh, and that's okay. You know, that's yeah. wrestling doesn't it's, have to be
1: the diversity of wrestling is right, right. Breathtaking sometimes.
0: Um, you know, I loved. To set up this Triple H Undertaker match Triple H is in the ring he's about to cut a promo Undertaker's music hits he comes out and neither neither guy says a word the entire time to... it's an entire setup for a match with no words being said and you don't have to and you get the right. whole storyline
1: every, every because it's building off these two previous matches everyone knows Triple H's re, relationship with Shawn Michaels everyone knows That both his motivation for wrestling The Undertaker because Sean is retired now is both genuine friendship, but it's also, you know, an egomaniac, like, I can do it. Totally. He couldn't. I I can do it. I can do it. I'm the best at wrestling. I'm the game. (laughs) Yeah. I've literally decided to call myself wrestling I'm the game. Yeah, exactly. Um I can do it. And and so you don't need any real build up to this match mm-hmm. other than the two previous matches in the series. And even though Sean is completely absent here, it's still centered around him. Yes. And this is this is why I think like you you can say Sean is really the the character whose whose storyline this is, even though he's retired for two of the matches.
0: Right? No, it's it's, it's the instigator for this. We all know Triple H and Shawn Michaels bond. Um, you know, Shawn Michaels gets inducted into the Hall of Fame the night before this. And we see again that bond between Triple H and Shawn Michaels as he inducts him. So yeah, the the undertones are there even if it's not overtly, you know, focused on it on screen.
1: It's it's about as subtle as wrestling gets. <laughs>
0: yes, which is not which is not
1: very much. <laughs> not terribly subtle. But we're we're not talking about, you know, high art.
0: So this is WrestleMania 27, Triple H yeah. Undertaker. Travis and I were there live and in person for this one, and it's it's the only reason why this I, I still love this WrestleMania, even though it's uh, often looked <laughs> at as one of the worst WrestleManias. But just being there in person and seeing this mm-hmm. match live, one of the best matches oh, yeah. live I've ever seen in my life.
1: Yeah, no, I, I wish I could see. I, I've never seen an Undertaker match live. Oh, no. I wish I had the opportunity, but just you know,
0: yeah.
1: time, money, sure. cost to go to WrestleMania is well beyond my reach right now.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, let alone a virus.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs>
1: um. Yeah. I there there was I had some consideration about possibly being able to go this year, but I was looking at you know. Well, uh, yeah, we're not gonna have the money to be able to afford
0: that. It adds up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, but yeah, no. For me, the the match that I've seen live that I love the most was uh, Tessa Blanchard versus Mercedes Martinez, really? uh, seventy five minute Iron Woman match.
0: Right. Yes, I read. I've not seen that, match. but I read about it. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, fantastically well-told story through the entire 75 minutes. uh, Just brilliant stuff. And this match does, just again, I I love going to the entrances on these. Undertaker entrances are spectacular just because they they put so much effort into them. Triple H entrances are spectacular, but sometimes a little hokey.
0: Sometimes, yeah. He's Um, uh, in love with himself a little too much, but Tell, tell us what's so different about Undertaker's entrance on this night.
1: Well, well, both uh, Triple H enters first, and uh, before, and it's important uh, what happens because the bell always tolls for the Undertaker's entrance. Um, I know, I know, it's become a meme that you know the gong hits, mm-hmm. but it's it's a funeral bell.
0: Yes, it's we have talked bell. about that on the show,
1: and. <laughs> Triple H his prelude to his entrance is Metallica's for whom the bell tolls. Yep. So we get the we get the sound of the bells and it's not signaling the Undertaker for I think the first time since fake Undertaker.
0: Wow, yeah, yeah, I think you're right.
1: Um and so we have Triple H playing off the Undertaker's entrance with that. We have this uh the, the song itself and the WWE Network has a dubbed thing for it that's not as good, but no. it's kind of at least somewhat, uh, you know, attempting to ape the feel of it. But For Whom the Bell Tolls is a very strongly drum-driven beat. Um, it's very warlike, regular pace, you know, this rigid pacing to this song, and he comes out with this shield wall, his whole barbarian regal barbarian king get up stuff and you know then he gets his regular entrance and it's like okay you you did your prelude here's the interesting part and (laughs) it's because you're playing off the undertaker you're taking on the role of death the undertaker he's been humanized a bit from the previous match he's not death in this match, he's not the inevitable. He comes out, and the whole entrance again. The network dubs over this um, with just his regular entrance, but he comes out to Johnny Cash's "Ain't No Grave."
0: Oh my goodness!
1: And it's the best entrance he's ever had.
0: I, I agree with you one hundred percent. I had chills um, in the building that night. It was it was unbelievable.
1: And, and if you watch carefully, it's it's hard to find uh, a good view of this entrance on the internet. Um, and interestingly, WWE's YouTube page shows Triple H's uh, entrance with the unedited For Whom the Bell Tolls. Their version of Undertaker's entrance on YouTube is redubbed over with his regular music.
0: I'll never understand their music rights. <laughs> I, I don't pretend to. We've talked about but, it on the show. It's so frustrating. Because that you, music adds so much to it. And yeah. they've they got all this Saudi Arabia money. Just It can't cost that much to get a Johnny Cash song for one show.
1: And and to, But, of course, it's the rebroadcast rights. Yeah, I know. That, I know. Yeah. That but, so... <laughs> If you watch this if you there's enough fan cam videos from the stands to be able to at least see you know, see where the musical cues are hitting. Right. Because as Undertaker comes to the ring and he stops before he turns toward the steps, um you get Taker staring at Triple H, Triple H staring back, and Taker turns toward the steps just as the song enters its final refrains of ain't no grave can hold my body down and then when the song loops undertaker raises the lights just as you get the words when i hear that trumpet sound i'm gonna rise up out of the ground Hmm. Hmm. so those are key the timing undertaker has always had perfect timing with his entrances Triple H as well. Um, there, there's a reason you see the way entrances are with the younger wrestlers today is because of the influence of what these two have done with yes. entrances. Yes. Uh, they,
0: for better or worse, the,
1: the, the free the freebirds introduced the entrance as we know it today. But Undertaker and Triple H have really shaped it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so. And also, if you look behind Undertaker during his entrance, you'll see a half-buried Undertaker symbol. Oh, okay. Um, and it's, you know, it's a, it's almost a sign of uh, what this match will be.
0: Ah, I never noticed that.
1: Um, and just like, you know, just like Sean, you know, I've done everything but end the streak. Triple H is like, I've done everything but end the streak.
0: Yes, exactly
1: um you and i will define an era the theme of this match obviously is you know triple h says the the theme going in as far as what they're promoting is defining an era but the real theme is you know there ain't no grave that can keep undertaker's body down
0: yep yep they played and, that before the show as well and yeah that was a huge part of it
1: and that's that's the that's the That's really the theme and the thesis here are basically the same. Undertaker is human. He can be beaten. Yeah. This match proves he can be beaten at WrestleMania, but he's not going to make it easy, and he isn't
0: yet. Yes. Uh, You know, the. what jumps out to me from this match, and I think most people, is the the tombstone Triple H gives Undertaker, yeah. and that that near fall where Triple H does the classic Undertaker cover. I mean, we'll we'll talk about next year's classic finish near theft fall as is well. Fantastic. But yeah, oh my goodness, it's. Uh,
1: they need to do more th- finisher theft.
0: That's all. Yeah, it's always great. I'm a huge I'm um, fan of it. So So, where does this match play in to those Shawn Michaels matches? How is it? uh, What are some things in this match that connect to those?
1: Right. So obviously we have an immediate, immediate again, uh, ramp up of the pace once more. Right. We start slow. We, we start fast. Now we're just almost immediately. We're outside the ring. We're exploring the space. We're destroying scenery. Yep. Um, the, they destroy the coal mine right away, which <laughs> is both satisfying because it's absolutely horrible that that thing existed. Um, it sets a tone for the match, and it also just shoves it just enough out of the way that it makes a safe landing spot for the Undertaker mm-hmm. when he does dive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, because this is the first time we've seen Undertaker do his big dive at WrestleMania since the disastrous one at 25. Um,
0: And yeah, this match does, it's immediately more violent than either of the Shawn Michaels matches.
1: Yeah. Um, We have one chair enters the picture. Uh, You know, Jerry Lawler asks the question early, can the Undertaker be beaten at WrestleMania? Uh, JR says, that's the question, that's the unanswered question. Um, there's almost very, there's very little, uh, connective tissue in some ways in terms of moves and, and spots to the previous two matches, uh, simply because this match doesn't feature a great deal of moves. Yeah. Um, Triple
0: H isn't jumping off with a moonsault anytime soon. Right. (laughs)
1: Well, we have, you know, Triple H hits a double, double A spine buster, on the Undertaker, which you know is it's it's always a nice callback to that trip to that Ric Flair
0: mm-hmm.
1: aspect of things. We have um, just uh, the again Triple H kicks out of a tombstone here, um, which uh, which has not only become just a feature of Undertaker WrestleMania matches. Yeah. <laughs> at this stage. But again, it's it's a connection to the way that it's it's happening in these these Shawn Michaels matches. And in uh, a sense,
0: it's a it's showing his humanity too. As each year he gets older, you know his moves are not quite as effective. A little less effective yeah, he that. used to be. You know, Tombstone was it, but now yeah. you know as he becomes more human, it, it doesn't finish him right off the bat. Yeah.
1: And, and Sean was hitting multiple switchin' musics on Undertaker. Triple H hits three pedigrees on The Undertaker and a tombstone. Um, right? So we we get this, uh, you know, we've seen switchin' music can't do it. We've seen pedigree can't do it. Um, the next one we'll see, uh, obviously, you know, and take her comments specifically on, on the moment of switchin' music plus pedigree. Yes. Um, but we have this, uh, the, the key thing that connects t- uh, in the ring this match to last year, 26, is Taker had Sean down from the tombstone. Sean kicks out, Taker tells him, stay down. Triple H, you know, hits three pedigrees, beats him up with the chair. Stay down. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with you? Just die already. Yeah. And Undertaker won't, so Triple H tombstones him and he kicks out. And Lawler says, He's not human. Which which is just... It's, it's perfectly Jerry Lawler for <laughs> right. Lawler to miss the point of what's <laughs> happening here and how, no, we're humanizing the Undertaker, but... <laughs> <laughs> it, it it is uh it's a good call in the moment yeah. to you know, what what do you do when a guy kicks out a three pedigrees and a finisher steal
0: yeah yeah what is no one do? does that no no, no one, one does that
1: um so triple h brings out the sledgehammer um oh,
0: trusty sledgehammer
1: and this is where Undertaker's humanity is in full display, because he's crawling toward the ropes, trying to pull himself out of the ring, trying to just escape. He can't get up, He's he's been brutalized too much in this match, and he's just trying to flee. The Undertaker doesn't flee. No. And Triple H is going to go for it, but again, counter-wrestling. He caught Sean's moonsault at 25. Triple H takes just a half a second long with the sledgehammer, and he grabs the arm, and he doesn't quite get it through, passed through the legs like he should, but he's able to get a passable enough Hell's Gate and choke Triple H out, and Triple H takes forever to choke out. He does, yeah. Um, But... It's 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 again, he out wrestled Sean at twenty five. And in this brawl, it came down to a wrestling move.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Out wrestling Triple H.
0: And a subtle mistake, end. you know. He's able to capitalize on uh to, to get that victory. Um and it's you know, you see in the moments afterward, that's when they're really the story you're talking about really goes to another level when Triple H and Undertaker, the way that they sell after the match is is a huge part of this. Yeah.
1: Triple H is, he's down and out, Undertaker's down and out. Triple H recovers enough to gain his feet and stumble out of the ring and kind of hang around a little as he's trying to get enough, under him to be able to head back and Taker's just not moving, mm-hmm. and Triple H is like, you know, Triple H is looking. You know, there's there's some concern. Even he 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 most he he moves like he's going to check on Undertaker. They're like, no, no no no, you stay away. Right. <laughs> you were literally about to hit him in the face with a sledgehammer. <laughs> we do not trust you to uh, check on this man. Right. <laughs> And, you know, they, they bring down, like, the... Uh, the, the, the
0: little golf cart,
1: yeah. Yeah, the, the golf cart scooter gurney. Yeah. And, you know, they, they load a basically unconscious selling Undertaker on it. And Triple H, again, you know, he's you see him selling, holding his arm, kind of, you know, walking a little toward it, but hanging back just enough. And the under, you know, the quiet, grave voices, you know, from J.R. and King, you know, just, it's not the Owen Hart voice. Right. But it's like, you know, just, it's just a notch enough that you're like, okay, there's still kayfabe and things. But okay. The Undertaker... This, and it plays into the next year, of course, is, you know, they say, you know, The Undertaker feels like, you know, that was effectively a loss.
0: Exactly, yeah. You
1: know, The Undertaker, he has, he did, he doesn't have a loss in the record books here, but he was beaten Yep. at WrestleMania.
0: Yep. And that, you know, we've seen him on this last ride series. He kind of talked about post this match. This is when he had some hip surgery done and he really didn't know if he would be coming back for 28 the next year and that's you know ultimately why we see him with a different look at 28 but that is the storyline going into this is that for the first time Undertaker is not satisfied uh with you know he, yeah. he got the pin but he left on the stretcher while Triple H walked away so right he so had- he's not happy with that
1: so we have a balance here, because mm-hmm. 25, he beats Sean. Sean challenges him, and Undertaker says no. 27, Undertaker beats Triple H, but Taker's not satisfied with it because he doesn't feel like he really won it. Triple H says no.
0: Yes. <laughs> and that's something. That's one of my favorite tricks in wrestling, is to tell the fans no and really make them want something oh. by telling them they can't have it.
1: It's, it's about symmetry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we have this kind of unfolded symmetry here between the two halves of this story built around, okay, one of them wants a rematch. The other guy says no. And The Undertaker's the common guy through all of it. Right. But, and, and of course it's uh, The Undertaker... Sean wants the rematch with The Undertaker, so he's going to give up something to The Undertaker in exchange for this. I'll put my career on the line. Undertaker wants the rematch with Triple H. He's got to put something up, and that is Triple H picks all the stipulations. Yes. (laughs) And we're going to do Hell in a Cell because we've we've been in two-thirds of these matches, and we've never had one one one-on-one. And Sean's the referee.
0: Yep. Which adds such a cool layer and level to the story where, as it was subtle uh, last year's match, and this is so much o- more overt, you know, Undertaker ended Shawn Michaels' career. Shawn Michaels is Triple H's best friend. How is he ever going to maintain any sort of credibility oh, as the referee yeah. in this
1: match? He, he, it's it's absurd to expect him to. Yeah. And he's... But he's also a, like you, Shawn Michaels as a character has this level of respect for the Undertaker that he he really wants to, he wants to have that impartiality, and that's the thing that uh, he demonstrates really well here is he's trying so hard not to favor either one, and especially not to favor Triple H. Right.
0: But
1: he just can't quite do it No, he's still sean michaels he's still kind of a little bit out for himself and he's still gonna protect his buddy
0: and that's where the acting it comes into play that's where the history as we've watched sean michaels for over uh, nearly 30 years comes into play into all this um it's so it's so brilliant um yeah. where do you think the undertaker is new look going into this match. How do you think that plays into the storyline? Do you see anything in that?
1: Oh, it's a direct parallel to Sean's obsession. Mm -hmm. Sean's obsession going into 26 with the freak out at the rumble when he doesn't win the dead. eye stare after he costs the undertaker, the chamber match, you know, Sean's not doing a visual change uh, to his appearance to sell his obsession. He's doing the, deranged, grasping at straws kind of obsession. Yeah. Undertaker, they're selling as, you know, he challenges Triple H and he cuts, he shaves his hair every day until he gets the response of (laughs) yes. And it's like, that's a weird choice of uh, a <laughs> way to obsess but uh i'm not going to argue with someone who's almost seven feet tall no. about how they choose to obsess no. especially not someone with that many tattoos yeah
0: and it <laughs> i mean it threw me for a loop to see undertaker like Which, that
1: yeah because it's the first time he's had short hair at all since big evil yeah it's the dead man
0: you know it's the first time he's ever looked like that but i kind of i kind of grew to love it as like you said this next evolution he's um he's stripped down in a way he's had to change himself he's this he is this older outlaw and he's you know coming to terms with
1: that it's human it is human. it's really human yeah because only humans cut their hair mm. like
0: yeah sure
1: zombie liches don't <laughs> and the undertaker again he's being humanized throughout these matches.
0: Yeah.
1: Now he's a man. He's a man with an obsession. Again, the dead man doesn't obsess. The Undertaker obsesses now. Yeah. Um, and so as far as these entrances go, obviously the the Undertaker's entrance really brilliantly obscures that until the reveal right before the cell gets lowered. We got the thundercrack right as uh, he pulls the hood down and he's like, holy, what? I've never seen The Undertaker with his hair this short. That is shocking. Yeah. Um, Triple H's entrance is shenanigans and stupid this year. Sean's entrance is his typical ref- referee. I, uh, you know, I'm, he, it's Sean Michaels as referee. Obviously he's the center of attention. Of course. Um, JR has almost this Freudian slip uh, during the entrances where he talks about how the road to everlasting mortality runs through WrestleMania, which is a misstatement.
0: It is. Because
1: that means <laughs> yeah. death.
0: Right. Everlasting
1: you, Re- mortality. You go to WrestleMania, you're going to die. <laughs> no, JR, it's immortality. You will be recorded for history to behold forever. But, but it's a it's a Freudian slip about what this story's really doing is it's about mortalizing the Undertaker it's about rehumanizing him um, it's this is the beginning in some ways of the journey toward where we got to with uh, Undertaker and AJ Styles where he's you know bringing this into the hybrid yes um and the cell lowers and the network. I don't know why uh, they have the perpetual rights for this, but not for Whom the Bell Tolls or Ain't No Grave, but The Memory Remains by Metallica.
0: Another great song playing into this storyline. Yeah, I love the way they use the music in this.
1: Why this one has the rebroadcast, I don't know. But I'm glad it (laughs) is. It's it's great because you have that long history of them being in a... Find ridiculous number of cell matches out of how many there had been to that point. And you have this, you know, just also the memory of the previous year remains with the undertaker. That's what this haircutting obsession and what this match is structured on is the memory of that match. It remains with him and he's not happy.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So and they call this the end of an era and right. uh, it's it's the end of the attitude era.
0: It's the end of the in attitude era, it's the end of the this four match series. Yeah. I think you know, a lot of people I mean, questioning why they call it the end of the era, they're all back at WrestleMania the next right. year doing stuff. Right. But you know, yeah, looking back at it with some perspective, you couldn't see what they were going for.
1: Right. It's it's the end of it's obviously the Attitude Era ended in two thousand one. But this is the end of the era of attitude era guys having great matches with mm, each other. Yeah. this is the last great match between two attitude era guys there will ever be. Yeah, there isn't. There isn't one after. You know, you're you're not seeing Undertaker versus Goldust after this match. You're not seeing. You know, you you get Undertaker versus CM Punk or Undertaker versus Lesnar, but yeah. those are attitude versus ruthless aggression.
0: And unfortunately, we saw Undertaker and Kane versus Shawn Michaels and Triple H <laughs> again. And it wasn't. It was. We all wish we hadn't seen it.
1: Yeah, it wasn't a great match. No. Um, what, what, this, what this match tells us is that, yes, the Undertaker remains undefeated, but he is beatable, and the past will never be an option to mm. end the streak. Mm. No one from the Attitude Era is the answer
0: yeah i love that yeah um, and it has because you, know, you without, can't even
1: combine sean and triple h and have the answer
0: exactly you have maybe the greatest near fall in in history. wrestlemania history yeah any any history with that super kick pedigree combo i mean who watching that did not think that that was it at that point yeah. i mean unbelievable and-
1: and again, like twenty six, Undertaker immediately rushing Triple H into the corner, strikes. You know, it's it's a, it's straight to same pace setting kind of deal. Um, we're we're calling back there. Um, they exit the ring. We get some ex- you know again exploration of space like the previous outside the ring like the previous year. Uh, we have the in camera in cell camera and. It, that sounds terrible when you say it. the <laughs> camera in the cell. There you go. Yeah. Um, the camera in the cell is right there. And the bulk of this match is shot with the cameras that are in the cell, as opposed to shots from outside the cell, which is not the case with most cell matches. A mm-hmm. lot of the sh- you get a lot of shots from outside the cell too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, this one is almost entirely that c- those cameras inside. I think Um, And so you get this right up in their amplification of physicality. So even though they're not doing anything at this stage that's more brutal or violent than the previous year, it feels like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And we have Sean, of course, being the pivotal character because he's torn between his best friend, between the man he respects. uh, And Taker just dominates for the early going of this match. Right. It's it's exactly like what you can tell what the strategy the strategy of Undertaker's approach to 26 was was in kayfabe which was I'm going to just dominate the crap out of Sean. and beat him and, you know, end this silly challenge and his career. But the leg gave way. Here, he just straight up puts that into motion on Triple H. And there's there's no stopping him until Triple H gets off a wrestling counter. Hmm. A yeah. DDT.
0: Yeah.
1: And then he hits Taker with a Spinebuster on the steps, and that's when Undertaker's momentum is taken away, and Triple H begins to do what Triple H does, which is, all right, I'm going to get the chair, and we're going to, not one chair, two chairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean then starts getting involved. Finally, Sean's been kind of you know in the wings, reacting to things. But Triple H, of course, you know, lays into the Undertaker a lot, and Sean's like, "Just cover him already." Yeah, you know, and you know, Triple H, you know, pulls him off, and he's like, "You know, end it or I will." You know, we we get so much more talking in this match. Um, The previous matches have laid the groundwork for it. There's no, you know, no talking between, you know, other than spot, you know, info passing. But no, no audible talking in the 25 match. None in 26, but Sean signals clearly at the end with the throat slash. uh, And Undertaker telling Sean, stay down. Yeah, Just the once. Lots more in 27. Triple H... You know, reversing that, stay down. What's wrong with you? Just die. Here, there's talking throughout the match.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to that cinematic level, escalating yeah. throughout all these years. Where you you talked earlier about how it's not so much the moves really as we go yeah. on. It is these characters, their motivations, their acting, their performances that really tells the story more than uh, any one move does.
1: Yeah, so, and and Taker, of course, refuses. You know, he's telling Sean, you know, don't stop it. Never stop it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Sean has this moral dilemma, and the, and that's kind of the crux of this match, is we have a, a man with a moral dilemma.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, you, sure, they can beat each other to the point of winning a match, but he doesn't want one of them to murder the other. <laughs> yes. You know, the, that's that's kind of against the rules, <laughs> and you know we get the stairs. We get we have a bigger variety of weapons in this match than the previous year. Last year was the only weapon used, actually used in twenty seven was the chair.
0: Yeah,
1: the sledgehammer got brought in but didn't get used.
0: And it shows Here, the desperation have, for yeah. Sean we have and stairs, Hunter.
1: chairs. The sledgehammer gets used. Yeah. Uh, straight to Undertaker's face, um, and, and you have that moral drama. Taker puts Sean in Hell's Gate because Sean is about to call the match off. Triple H pegs him in the head with the hammer. Uh, we get uh, Undertaker, Hell's Gate to Triple H then. We get a repeat of the ending to 27, mm-hmm. and undertaker releases the hold and charles robinson gets in undertaker goes for the pin triple h kicks out so he choke slams robinson frustration yes because again the undertaker is a human
0: humanity man. yeah
1: yep uh switching music into the pedigree taker you know talks about this in the last ride he says this is the moment they set up and, and it's set up over the course of the three previous matches going to this Sean hits Taker, Triple H hits Taker. They wanted this moment to be the most believable, They're ending-the-streak moment yeah. in the match or in the series, and it really is. It, it looks like it should be the finish, and you can see in the fans, you know, they're live, that they think it's over. They think The Undertaker's basically just getting cheated out of his streak and he doesn't he doesn't quit and it's the climax of this match yeah everything else is just resolution
0: you've built it up for four years to get to that that point yeah
1: and you know he has it in him to fight as long as he's game to fight he's you know he's nearly superhuman he's still human but he's he's you know peak Taker Triple H takes that hammer again and sh- he's going to swing it like a baseball bat and Sean's just like no <laughs> I'm I'm not letting this happen he th- you know throws it Triple H shoves him off aside mm-hmm. and it's you know it's this moment of Triple H's obsession now with beating the Undertaker is taking him to a dark place worse than Taker's obsession with getting this match worse than sean's obsession with beating the streak and it makes up sean's mind in a way
0: right right
1: um because taker you know hits a tombstone two count sean's you know an emotional wreck as jr calls um they keep fighting we get the yay boo punches and we know with who the crowd wants to oh my gosh. win, yeah. obviously. And this so point, yeah. Undertaker now is the one telling Triple H to stay down. And it's and, and then Triple H, you know, he does the, you know, in the corner, he's got the hammer. Taker takes it. And we get, you know, further revolution because we had Sean holding himself up on Taker's leg. Slash the throat. We had Triple H basically in Undertaker's position with Undertaker at his feet. Then we now we have Triple H in the corner, and he's just like, "All right, finish, finish it, <laughs> Suck it, hit me with hit me with the hammer, extend yeah. it." And, and Taker hits him with the hammer, and Sean is not looking. You know, he's like. What have I allowed to happen? Uh Taker hurls th- oh. it into the cell like just violently. Right. I, I every time I watch it, I worry that it'll bounce <laughs> off the cell and back into the ring and hit someone. And he tombstone finish. And again, just like with 26 and, you know, they, they pull Triple H to his feet, they hug on the ramp, the, you know, it's a beautiful moment. And what I, what I would say about these matches as a whole is if you don't have this series of matches humanizing The Undertaker more and more through the course of them, and and it the humanization continues. Twenty nine, he wrestles Punk, and of course, it's after Paul Bearer dies. Right, and, right. Oh, you, know, you can't have Undertaker lose that match. No. <laughs> but but these matches are the reason ending the streak becomes believable.
0: Yeah,
1: I still don't think Brock Lesnar is necessarily the right choice but it's inherently believable regardless of who it would have been whenever they did call the end of the streak if it had been Brock, if they had waited a year and decided Bray or whatever these matches are what make the end of the streak possible because they've brought The Undertaker down from that level of almighty God of WrestleMania wrestling, to literal death to, well, he's, he's not literal death. He's, he's a man yeah, who takes on the role of death at WrestleMania.
0: And they, you know, they elevate, you know, even looking outside of it that way, you know these are the best matches he's had during yeah. the history of the streak as well you know they elevate yeah. that streak to the importance that it you know that it still has in the world of wrestling to this day cuz you know he had the match with edge match with batista both really good and matches those were great. yeah match with but Rick these Flair's were good. just level yeah uh,
1: level up um i i you know and and The Hell in a Cell match with Triple H here with Sean as the referee. It's. If you break it down in terms of. You know, if you're thinking about wrestling as an athletic performance that's designed to simulate a combat, it's an absolutely terrible wrestling (laughs) match.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: But if you think about what wrestling is, it uses the idea of a combat sport as the foundation for a theatrical performance and most of the time that will be the theatrical performance of combat because don't don't break what's not don't don't fix what's not broke Con- there's a re I like wrestling and i don't care for boxing or mma exactly. because they're real yes <laughs> i i don't need the real i i want a story yes and so the the way that these matches you know they they take us through a journey of you know we have one of those it, it's it's about as pure a professional wrestling yes, it's a little you know no one would do a moon in an actual match but <laughs> in an actual fight that wouldn't be done but it's wrestling
0: yeah we'll go with it we wouldn't have um, a guy dressed up as an undertaker in a in a real fight either yeah. so
1: <laughs> so so we have you know we we go we run the spectrum from that to just this side of Final Deletion, Boneyard, Firefly, Funhouse level uh, theatricality. We're, we're just this, because we're, we're still inside a uh, a ring in an arena with people in a live audience, No no second takes, nothing like that. But we're about on the edge of what's possible theatricality wise with a pro wrestling match yeah. in this final match. And we have this gradual evolution toward that. And we have this gradual de emphasis of the innering, grappling wrestling element and this corresponding overemphasis on. The brutality, violence, because that's the kind of story wrestling's really built to tell is someone is willing to go so far to hurt their opponent. It's what wrestling's built for.
0: Yeah, and is that how you kind of sum things up uh, when you teach about this as sort of the underlying theme, or how do you how do you lock (sighs) it into the to this thesis or?
1: What so, so say? this this ultimate thesis about the humanization and the uh, the idea of the streak being broken is something that actually I I did not have it fully click yet until about two weeks ago. Um, so when I've taught this, uh, I've I've also taught other matches in and right. in and around. So like I I pair this in contrast to say. Asuka versus Bailey and Oscar versus Ember; those four matches um, in NXT, because I think they uh, they showcase a really interesting at, kind of reverse parallel track. Um, because you have another, and and it plays nicely because you have this other streak yeah, element. Yeah. 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 Um, the the idea of a streak itself is an interesting storytelling device, and I think. For my students, um, what I what I always tried to get to, uh, given the limits of, I have a class that you know meets three days a week and we get fifty minutes a day, uh, on each of those days. Is okay. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna kind of hit you with a bunch of wrestling and show you some of the possibilities of how you can see a narrative emerge from the physical action, and also how it connect how these can be connected across matches how the idea of a wrestling feud tells a story across the matches and between the matches and so it's for for the gen ed course it's really just kind of a broad-based okay i really want to sell you on the idea that this is telling stories and just try and get you in the door of okay it's it is telling stories I believe you now, and I can kind of start putting the pieces together myself of what kind of story. Because I, I don't like to do the, okay, so we're we're, read, we're reading Beowulf, this is what Beowulf's about. I don't do that because yeah. that's not my role as a, as a teacher. My role yeah. is to give them the tools to figure that out on their own.
0: And have you and, gotten, like, some interesting feedback from any of the students on stuff like this that you weren't expecting? I have.
1: Um, I, I've had some really interesting uh, re- responses and reactions to teaching wrestling in the classroom. I've had students who say, like, because I did four days of it in a class, you know, in a semester. And I've had students say there was way too much emphasis on wrestling because I, I would... You know, like, eh, we have, like, you know, this time right before class, and, like, I'll just show a quick, uh, like, two-minute quick match uh, uh-huh. before class starts. uh uh-huh. Like, it's not even part of class, it's just me being like, well, we have time to kill before class starts, and I don't feel like playing some music or anything. <laughs> or... I, I've had, uh, students, uh, tell me that they became very interested. I, one of the first, one class I, uh, showed the, uh, Mankind Undertaker Hell in a Cell match the first day of class when we finished going through the, uh, syllabus because we had, like, 15 minutes to kill, and I was like, um, no questions at all, really? Usually there's questions, Okay. Uh, Let me just kind of disabuse you of a couple (laughs) notions, because I know that there's the wrestling bit at the end of the semester. So I'm going to kind of prompt you right now. Uh, Wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Here, watch this. And one student came to me uh, the next class, and she was like, just Absolutely taken by it. She went out looking uh, on her own for other matches oh, wow. and watched a uh, Charlotte and Sasha Hell in a cell.
0: Okay,
1: um, and thought that was she loved it, <laughs> and and I think uh, the fact that it had that kind of callback ish moment to the Mankind Taker cell match really worked well for her as a person with no other exposure. Yeah. And she was just like really, really fascinated by it. Um, I've had uh, students in some classes where I didn't teach any wrestling material. Like this past semester, I didn't teach any wrestling material. Um, my gen ed classes, I focused on uh, theming all my stuff around love, and it's kind of hard to do wrestling material around that. Like, if I, if I, could i would probably uh pick like the uh macho
0: man elizabeth That's wedding the one i was gonna say yeah macho man warrior that sort of stuff
1: but but it doesn't really you know quite work and i i had students like i wish you did some wrestling stuff <laughs> i i had uh my, uh, monsters class last semester, one of my students was a, uh, wrestling fan going in and, uh, he wrote his paper on the golden lovers.
0: <laughs> That's awesome.
1: And, and I was just like, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm digging this. I'll like be, I, yeah. I don't, I don't follow new Japan really. Yeah. Uh but I was, you know, I was really into uh, the analysis of the Golden Lovers story.
0: I hope you gave him an um, A plus on that one.
1: I, I gave him a good grade
0: <laughs> on it because it was
1: really well done. Like it's, and and the thing I, you know, try to, you know, key my students into is, you know, I'm not, I'm not interested in you agreeing with me. Yeah. For the sake of agreeing with me, I want you to. I'm trying to help you develop skills of interpretation and skills of persuasive argument and skills of writing to be able to make a case for what you believe in. And so if you disagree with me on something, great. I want to see what your argument is and I will, you know, grade you on what your argument is. If you agree with me, honestly, I'm probably a little harder on you just Mm -hmm. because I expect you to represent your argument well. Sure. Um, I don't, you know, if you agree with me, but your argument is full of holes and really just makes the entire side of the argument look bad, I'm not going to be happy to have my opinion represented in that way. (laughs) Um, So, you know, don't just pick wrestling, like I, I would tell students, I'm like, don't pick wrestling material for your paper just because you think oh it'll appeal to me and that'll i give you a good grade automatically for doing it like I'm I'm definitely gonna appreciate your initiative because it's harder to do because there's not as much material to work with in terms of uh, secondary research as models of how to write academically about wrestling well, that I just mean, means you're setting yourself up for a little more difficult a time but I'm interested yeah. I had a student write about uh, women's uh, women's wrestling and uh, borrowed my copy of uh, Sisterhood of the square Circle for uh, source um, and it, it was it was a it was an interesting one because the students like I, I'm really kind of interested in you you've talked a little about how women's wrestling has, uh, had some, uh, periods where it wasn't very respected. Can you tell me a bit more about why? And I'm like, yeah, I can, I can tell you why, uh, they were pretty much commodified sex objects. And so she's, you know, the student, you know, emails me like, I think I want to write about that transition. And uh, do you have any like things I should look into? And I was like, okay. Um, I want to preface this email in response with, I fully support your idea for the paper. I'm going to send you a, uh, here's a curated list of matches kind of showing an evolution of how WWE has uh, presented women's wrestling. Some of these matches are even matches based around the concept of stripping your opponent into her underwear. Yeah. This is not sexual harassment. This is legitimate academic <sighs>
0: Thing, yeah, that could be its whole class. Whoever
1: in IT may be watching this email, (laughs) (laughs) I am not sending my students uh, (laughs) material about women women's wrestling and that type of match just to for for you know for funsies. I'm doing it to fuel you know legitimate curiosity and um, contextualization of where an industry has been in yeah. terms of sexism. And yeah. it, it turned out to be a pretty good paper. Uh, probably a salt, if I recall, right, maybe a solid BB plus level paper. It was well-written. Uh, it wasn't quite, um, it, it became more of a history paper than a literature kind of analysis paper.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, which is where it kind of s- skewed aside and missed you know kind of that ability to... but for what it was it was really good
0: yeah well i appreciate what you're doing <laughs> out there and i i love the idea of looking at the academic side of professional wrestling and you know giving it a little bit more credibility a little bit more respect as an art form yeah. uh because i know travis and i and so many fans out there We do see it as more than just entertainment. You know, when it's at its best, like these Undertaker, Triple H, Shawn Michaels series, it is like great literature. It is a great art form. So I know I would have been excited to have had you as a teacher uh, when I was in college. I would have killed to have somebody uh, teach about wrestling. That's, That's so cool. Um, before we wrap things up, before we totally close it out, uh, just what are some quick thoughts on, uh, you, you, mentioned the last ride series. So I know you've been watching that and, and the boneyard match. I mean, you talk about cinematic. Oh. I mean, what are just some quick yeah. impressions of those two things to a lifelong undertaker fan? Oh
1: man. The boneyard match was my favorite match of the entire WrestleMania weekend. Oh, like I, yeah. I think, for, it might be my favorite wrestlemania match of all time wow. just okay. for being as interesting and unique and like it's it's all punches oh
0: there's <laughs> and no quote-unquote choke slam
1: yeah it's it's punches and a choke slam off a roof and i think uh anderson gets tombstoned on the roof yeah 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 that's it <laughs> like there's no moves no. This is as far from wrestling as, like, almost as far from wrestling as it gets, because Firefly House was even further. True. <laughs> um, but it was character work that was super compelling, and AJ Styles is not someone who is traditionally lauded for his character work, but he's mm-hmm. been stepping that up his entire time in wwe and he's he just brought it fantastically here um it's a it's a perfect mini movie encapsulation of what the undertaker character is
0: and so much of it is built off of these matches like to see him humanized in these four matches you know I don't know if we would get to something like the boneyard match without these four matches.
1: Yeah. I mean it, 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 and it incorporates uh, Big Evil in there again. You know, you get Biker Taker in, and it's it's fun. Like that was, it was just a fun yes. match, and like, I mean, I won't put it up as my pick for you know best match in Wrestlemania history because it's not a match (laughs) it's my favorite match in Wrestlemania history for it's pure entertainment value I I would probably put Sean Taker 26 or Sean Razor at 10 as probably best match at Wrestlemania but this is uh this is this holds a spot,
0: yeah
1: <laughs> um, there for me. Um, and and as far as the last ride, it's been again just fascinating to see because they're they're not even just peeling layers back. They've chopped the onion. Oh yeah. Um, seeing the undertaker just be Mark Calloway reflecting on his career and he he reflects on his career. Better than most wrestlers do in out-of-kayfabe podcasts and stuff. Like, you gotta listen to, like, Steve Austin or Bret Hart to get this level of insight into the process and ideas of these matches because, you know, most of them aren't doing it. The 24 series is still almost kayfabe-ish. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, they, they... they they get right up to the line of acknowledging that everything is predetermined and they don't cross it yeah so those are good documentaries but they're you know just this side of kayfabe and the undertaker's just demolishing it here which is surprising to me
0: and we haven't heard him tell these sort of stories before. Like, yeah. Steve Austin, so it's, new. it's a great it's storyteller. It's too. Yeah. We've heard all of Steve Austin's stories before. And I, yeah, he, I'll listen and to you, him a million times because they're entertaining, but I've heard them all.
1: He'll he'll tell us again and again and again. <laughs> yeah,
0: and it's it's fine. You know, it's great. Uh,
1: but I mean, this is there's fresh there's so stuff. many times he can talk about Royal Rumble '97 <laughs> that I you know remember. You know that baby oil. Yes. zips Zip zop. i Sean, I don't know what's up. <laughs> you, you figure it out. I know.
0: I could hear him tell it a million times, and I'll listen. But I've heard it. Uh, as far as Undertaker, yeah. though, it's stuff we thought in our head. But to hear him actually confirm it or, or tell us something different, it's yeah. really,
1: really and, interesting. And, and that's the other thing is, you know, he, he can, you know, a lot of what I said, uh, you know, is stuff that I've been thinking about these matches before he said anything about it. And it's him saying that this kind of thing, he didn't say anything about the humanization with this, but like, you know, the, the, Switch and music pedigree, you know, saying this is the moment we wanted to kind of key up as the they're breaking the streak moment. It's like, okay, yeah any anyone sufficiently knowledgeable enough about the previous matches, about the context of wrestling and how a match works, could put in the analysis to reach that conclusion as we all did. if he had said something different, though, like we could still take that opinion, because the thing about art is it's subject to interpretation. There's not one right answer. There's a lot of right answers. Yes. Some answers may be more right or differently right than others. Like, I don't know if Undertake if Mark Calloway would say that this series of matches is about humanizing the undertaker but if you look at them in context with each other and you watch kind of how these matches play out it's really hard not to yeah. take that away as yeah. a part of what they're doing
0: yeah. that's the beauty of it well spencer yeah. saint ridley I appreciate you joining me and and discussing all this, breaking all this down. I think it's fascinating. Um, how can people follow you and get in touch with you and what you're doing?
1: Uh, I'm on Twitter at St. Ridley. Uh, I have, uh, that, that's kind of the, the main thing people should, uh, use. Um, I mean, otherwise, uh, if you want to, uh, write me, uh, to, uh, you know, ask for, uh, you know, any kind of teaching resources I might have. I have a very large folder of academic articles about pro wrestling. Um, you could email me at Spencer, S P E N S E R hyphen Santos, S A N T O S at uiowa.edu Um If we ever get it off the ground again, Heel Town podcast, um we'll we'll be back uh eventually i hope
0: yeah you got you got um, the time right now make it happen you got some great insight <laughs> we'd love to hear it back up and going i hope
1: <laughs> um yeah if you uh ever go to a shimmer show in uh the chicago area <laughs> look me up i'll probably be there <laughs> um yeah i uh i'm uh currently just trying to uh figure out uh new employment situation Uh, more than anything
0: i'm in the same boat right now myself so uh
1: well i wish uh, you luck
0: yeah same to you i appreciate you joining me today it's been really fun
1: travis isn't here do i get to say it I'll,
0: i'll give it to you i'll give it to you yeah absolutely uh, but thank you again for joining us and for Oops. making the time. You know, We spent two hours talking about four matches. It's been great fun, and you uh, made the time of the schedule for me, so I appreciate it, and I appreciate your support. And, yeah, you can close us out.
1: All right, well, after four matches, <laughs> two hours listening to us, Yammer,
0: take her easy. Uh, love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it.